What's your vision of the healthy you? Maybe you're already the picture of health, but most people aren't very happy when they look in the mirror, stand on the scale, or even climb a flight of stairs. Today's conversation with author and health coach Jimmy Page is an examination of not only our health, but of the key ingredients to living an integrated life. Jimmy's book, One Word, has reached more than 1 million people, and he shares how a simple strategy like One Word can transform not only your health, but the other core areas. Jimmy helps us realize the connection between our health and our identity and shares how the power of vision for your health can actually make daily and sometimes difficult decisions easier and even automatic. And of course, he answers five big questions here on Made to Thrive. Are you tired of just going through the motions? Do you know that there's more to life, but you aren't sure how to become all God made you to be? Are you looking for a community of people who aren't perfect either, but who want to be fully alive? This is Made to Thrive. Each week, we encourage, equip, and empower you on your journey as we interview experts and share resources to help you every step of the way. Let's thrive together. Jimmy Page, welcome to Made to Thrive. Thanks for being here. Oh, man. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward. Yeah, this is, yeah it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I, I first uh, found out about you, heard about you uh, through your book, One Word. And, uh, and I, I definitely want to dive into that, but that's been a really cool, uh, that was a cool introduction to even like your thought process, you know, some of that. And that was through uh, a fellowship of Christian athletes huddle. Uh, our friend, Ted, uh, told me about that book, gave me that book and, and, uh, actually got to lead some students through that as a lesson. So maybe that's a great place for us to start. Tell us a little bit about, uh, one word, uh, oh. your book and, and your journey through living it too. Yeah. Well, man, I love that book. I love that book because, um, <laughs> not because I wrote it, uh, I'm one, <laughs> of, right. I'm one of three guys that wrote it and there you, go. Uh, you guys are super talented, great friends, uh, you know, decades worth of friendship involved there. But what happened was, you know, I guess it's now it's been over 21 years. I, I have mm. 22 years worth of one word themes awesome. for the year. And, uh, at the time I remember we, we would get together at the beginning of every year. We would set our, our New Year's resolutions, you know, mm -hmm. like a, like we used to do. And then... I mean, that's just what works. That's You, you just do what works. We just did what everybody <laughs> else was doing, and it wasn't working. And that was that's great. Right. Oh. <laughs> I remember setting... In fact, I remember the earliest days of this with, with my buddy, Dan. We would we would write a list of all of our goals for the year, all the things that we wanted to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. The to-do stuff. Mm -hmm. And... And it was extensive. It, typical athletes, game planning it. Oh, we're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna make all this progress in every area of life. We're gonna get all this stuff done, and we wanted to be able to check all the boxes. And what we discovered was number one is thirty to sixty to ninety days in, we didn't even remember what what was in our game plan, <laughs> let alone make progress towards it. And one day, Dan, uh, a friend of Dan's, said, "Hey, you know, you should just narrow your focus and focus on one word for the year." And Dan took it as a challenge. Then he brought it to me and we said, well, let's do it. Let's create a one word theme for the year. And we did. And we had so much success by just driving our focus through one single word mm. and watching what God would do to bring transformation in all six dimensions of our life from mental, physical, emotional, relational, spiritual, even financial. Um, we just saw tremendous life change. So one word is all about narrowing the focus for greater life change. And we've had 22, a 22 year run on this now. It's awesome. Awesome. I love it's all it, the, the fun part is always seeing it coming out of the kitchen. Like, and you've gotten, you know, you've actually gotten into it and being able to work it out. Explain a little bit about the difference. Like how does one word seems overly simplistic? How maybe even tell a little bit about how, how a lot of big lofty disparate goals can be unified under one word because it sounds like yeah. it's it's simplistic is is cool because you can grasp it but also that it doesn't it won't apply everywhere oh yeah yeah in fact you know it's funny because the the process is very simple of discovering your word a lot of people get intimidated by the, fa the fact that they have to come up with one word it's like how do i narrow it down to one word it seems impossible so we created a really simple framework right look in look up and look out hmm. And anybody can do it. And we've had tremendous success with it. But it, the first step is to look in. It's to kind of unplug from the noise and the busyness of life so that we can contemplate 
what we need most, what are some things that are in the way of us fulfilling our potential mm-hmm. and what's got to go? Really mm-hmm. simple questions. But we look in, we, we get that introspective look at ourselves and then we look up. So we, we kind of lay the groundwork and then we ask God if there was one thing this year that one word that we could focus on that would lead to the greatest positive life change and impact on others around us that mattered most, what would that word be? And then we listen. We're prayerful. We listen. We let God lead the process. Mm. And then once we discover the word, then, of course, we look out and we live it out. And that's the piece, right, that, that um, you know, makes it powerful is when you say, okay, good, I've got my word. Now, how is it going to impact all the areas of my life, mm. right? I'll give, you, I'll give you a simple example of this. My word for the year in 20, let's see, 2019 was unstoppable. Hmm. Now, that word, it, it may not seem like it applies to many things. I mean, you might be like, well, gosh, what does that mean? So when I looked at that, I'm like, how do I, how do I develop an unstoppable mindset? Hmm. You know, because I knew that I had, I had negative thinking. I had doubts. Hmm. I had anxiety. I had whatever the things were rattling around in my head that would prevent me from fulfilling my potential, achieving my best purpose. And I started to uh, reorient those things around. How do I develop an unstoppable mindset? What does it look like? Um, and then I applied it to other areas like financial areas. Well, what decisions am I making that are limiting my forward progress financially? Mm-hmm. Um, physically, what are some things that are stopping me from enjoying an active lifestyle? And all of a sudden, you can see how a word like un- now unstoppable is a great word. <laughs> you know, it's an awesome word. It's yeah, available for 2022 if anybody wants to take it. Yes, that's right. There's a fee associated with it. <laughs> that's <right. laughs> but that's how it works, you know, and you start to ask, you really, you know, as a man of faith, you start to ask God for direction in how to apply that word in various ways. The other thing is God always surprises us, you know. Some sometimes we think we know how a word is going to apply to our lives. We have an mm. idea of how it's going to play out. Right. And then there'll be circumstances in in your year in that in your life that arise that God reveals the real reason that He gave you that word. Nice, and then it becomes super powerful. That's awesome. That's great. And so you've been able to to apply one word for a long time, which is really really great because we see it's not this you know you do it one time and and whatever and be able to cycle it through. Uh, and I love that. And I. Um, you know, I actually, the bracelet I always wear has my one word for the year, uh, which is just was a gift for my wife that I, I hadn't even done the exercise. She just, we heard a sermon, she gave it to me. And I was like, this is, this is the the thing. It's been fun to see when you have a lens to look through. Yes. How it does, it, it brings context because you think about it too, like all these six areas, just like the seven core areas that made to thrive, they're yeah. all connected, right? They, they all blend and bleed into each other. So it should, you know, it shouldn't be surprising, I think, to have uh, an overarching theme or or a context for seeing each of them. Because uh, yeah. others, otherwise, like I'm using seven different metrics to measure this one area. I've got this checklist over here. Zero things happen. Yes. <laughs> it's a bad place to be. Yeah. And, you know, I, we are integrated, right? All these aspects mm-hmm. of life are integrated. Yes. And you know this, one area affects the other areas. Yes. So if I'm tired physically uh, and I'm worn out mentally, that's going to affect my relationships. It affects my patience. It affects my emotions. Mm-hmm. So all of it's interrelated. The other mm-hmm. thing I love about my experience with one word is that it really is more about who you're becoming mm-hmm. rather than the things that you're going to get done. Good. You know, we're all going to get a whole bunch of things done over time, right? We, we're, we're producers, but mm-hmm. this concept really focuses in on, who, who, do, who do you want to be? Who are you becoming? Am I becoming a person with an unstoppable mindset? Or do I get easily derailed by challenges and obstacles? Well, mm-hmm. I want to be an overcomer. I want to be unstoppable. Um, and, you know, and there's so many different ways it plays out, but it really does feel who you are as a person. And it, bring, it, it helps refine you into the fullness of the person that God really desires you to be. That's so great too, because a lot of people, I mean, even thinking about that, I, I, we had our small group last night at our church and just prayer request. My prayer request was to start doing a better job of numbering my days mm. because I get a lot of stuff done all the time, but yeah. man, I can't even remember what they are. <laughs> like it's just, 
And, and, and what's lost there, you get a lot of people with, with great checklists who are the same person they were 5, 10, 15, yep. 20 years earlier. There's not been that becoming and that growth. And so, yeah, you're speaking to that, that deeper, richer work yes. that show up in, tech, in checklists, but it's not the purpose of the checklist. It, you know, it's, yes. it's, it's better than that. I love that, uh, that concept because it, it puts a larger picture on, man, I am doing something that's meaningful if one day at a time I'm becoming more of what my word is. Yeah. Yeah, it helps you make forward progress and and also it it builds on itself, right? So the characteristics that that happen during the course of the year, you know, other years my words have been things like detox. I mean, you know, That's you're great. talking about a totally random word, but like detox. Well, detox helped me to eliminate the stuff that was uh was harmful to me in every respect, whether it was a, a bad awesome. relationship or whether mm-hmm. whatever you insert the thing. Well, I have, I have detoxed. It's part of who I am. And that's just part of my DNA now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I mm-hmm. get to continue to make progress that leads to more progress. It's awesome. And this was a natural uh, outgrowth of what you had been working on with people, right? For years in, in, in health and, and performance and everything. It, can you tell me a little bit more about your journey through that and, and what that's been like uh, yeah. for you to be able to empower others? Yeah, I mean, you know, my my mission in life is really to inspire and activate the heroic potential and greatness in others. So mm-hmm. I even view this time together as an opportunity, hopefully, to give some kind of inspiration to people to make mm-hmm. progress toward becoming their best. So in my earliest days of my career, I was in health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I mean, I, I kind of grew up in the health and fitness industry, loved training for sports as an athlete. And then I started to operate health and fitness facilities. Hmm. And then we integrated that with kind of the rehab and wellness. And then we added in the sports performance component with some kind of cool partnerships with some pro athletes. And, and so that career of 15 to 20 years was all about creating a platform where people could become as healthy as they could possibly be so that they would have the energy and the, you know, the ability to enjoy their life to the fullest. Mm. And I love that, you know, but it's fully integrated in with this concept of one word, which is all about life change, positive life change, becoming the person that you're made to be as well. So, yeah. That's awesome. Are you still continuing with that particular industry or moving in to more of like the, the coaching? Yeah. So level? that was kind of the first 17 years of my life, of my work life. And mm-hmm. then came on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which was the ministry that really uh, God used to change my life when I was Mm -hmm. in college. Mm -hmm. So uh, it became a natural landing point for me for when God called it. I I dragged my feet a little bit on that. um, But once I really embraced that calling, it's it's now been just a joy. And initially I was I spent the first five years within FCA investing in the personal health and well-being of our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had this, we had a conviction that if you were going to be in sports ministry, if you were going to represent God in, in a, a, a healthy lifestyle, an active lifestyle of competition and, and all of that, that we felt like we should be modeling that vibrant That's health. Great. Yeah. So spent a lot of time coaching people in that area, and I still do it. So I still have an opportunity even now to train new staff, invest in them and coach them to better health. That's, that's so great. And that's an interesting blend of being able to align like, and I wonder how much of this is, you know, you're finding opportunities or creating opportunities to align your faith. We talked already about how, you know, these six or seven areas, you know, they're, they're integrated, but a lot of people compartmentalize them, right? Just like they compartmentalize their goals. They keep faith over here and then there's health and there's relationships, you know, you're, you're able to, to really blend that. How, how did that even affect those areas in your own life, being able to, to live them out professionally? Yeah. I mean, for me, the messaging has always been that you, you are um, a holistic being. Hmm. And like we said, one aspect of your life always impacts the other. And I'll give you a, an easy example of this as a, as a married man, I've been married almost 29 years now. You know, when, when my relationship with my wife was not everything that I wanted it to be, which mostly my fault, I'm sure. 
but nonetheless, but nonetheless <laughs> you know, when if we had conflict, for example, that created just uh, challenging moments, when you leave, when you leave and you go to work, it it directly impacts your ability to work at your highest potential. Mm-hmm. It affects your emotions, and maybe now I'm not treating other people the way I want to treat them. So I knew I formed that. The idea that my all aspects of my life were intertwined very early. I just knew mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that's the way God designed us, right? So God designed us in his image, multiple dimensions. And ultimately, he wants us to experience vibrant health in all of yes. those areas. Mm-hmm. And they all interact. So that's why it matters to God. You know, we're made in his image, our, our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it becomes an issue of stewardship with respect to how we're going to live. That's awesome. Was this something that you had to, I'm wondering about the mindsets that that you encountered when you started this with FCA Mm. of, you know, you're going to come in and, and, you know, what mindset obstacles maybe you had to overcome or was this, was it a pretty easy transition into coaching people who had gone, you know, they'd moved from the field to the office, you know, and probably a lot of cases. I, I I think about this a lot for, you know, you see athletes in their hall of fame oh, yeah. speeches and they're like, man, how many, <laughs> how much cloth is in that jacket? That's pretty, yeah. you know, like, there's, there's a separate, you know, you, you get yeah. this one type of like goal oriented, you know, and, uh, but you see that sometimes there's a, a really weird change of, I'm going to continue to eat like an athlete. Yes. Uh, but my, I'm not asking them the same of my body or, you know, these, these different things. Was that, a, was there a, some mindset that had to be worked on as well as you're, as you're entering the, into these guys' lives to be able to, to help them with this? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was, I, you know, initially I had to convince a lot of people that it mattered to God, mm-hmm. you know, that even, Interesting. That even really cared about their, their physical life. You know, yes. most people, <laughs> a lot of times we over-spiritualize things. Um, and you know, we've all been guilty of that. And we, we want to be, um, we want to think heavenly minded, of course. And we do, we want to set our sights on the things that matter to God. But I just was like, Hey, this, this is the vehicle that allows me to accomplish my mission. And if I, if I mistreat the vehicle, it's going to diminish my capacity to fulfill God's calling in my life. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we, we had to get over that barrier for some, not all, Mm -hmm. but for some. And then we had, most people knew that they uh, they knew what their playing weight was, you know, like, oh, when I was a football player, all my playing weight was 225 and whatever, and I was in great shape. And they all knew that. But once their playing career ended, uh, they didn't convert that to say, hey, what's my life weight going to be? Mm-hmm. What is my health as a as a former competitive athlete? Uh, what, what does that health look like? And maybe 225 isn't healthy anymore. Maybe it needs to be 185. I don't know. Right. Uh, and the other thing is we needed to make sure that they changed their habits. Most competitive athletes have a coach, multiple coaches who are imposing discipline on them. You know, <laughs> and right. you That's don't right. have a lot of choice. No, no. And, the accountability part is the least difficult part of that whole thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you have to do it if you have a desire to play. Right. Yeah. And what ends up happening is when you re- when you remove the accountability and imposing that discipline. Now I have to self-motivate. I have to hold myself accountable. I have to discipline myself in such a way that that I can be fit and be healthy. And that's a big transition for a lot of people, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. big transition. So those were some of the barriers early on. Yeah. I, I see this, you know, in my time in education and, and you know, as I, as I try to I study, you know, success in a lot of different areas, it's, it's crazy the amount of that transition when people go from being an athlete to, you know, a citizen and they, it's the first time they went from their parents to their professors, to their coaches that they haven't had somebody telling them what to do. Yeah. Some of these guys are in their late thirties. And, and it's a weird, it's a weird default. And I, we were actually just talking about this the other night with some friends about, you know, with, you know, remote working and all this other stuff and like, Oh, this is this freedom. So great. And like, Man, I was a lot more disciplined when I had a place to be or like, yes. that's not, that's, that's not a great commentary in the human condition. frankly. No, <laughs> yeah, well, no question about it. And, you know, we're all guilty as charged, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. 
and and then you throw in something like COVID, or you you throw yep. in something like external circumstances that are beyond mm-hmm. your control. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a quick story of that. You know, I remember uh, this has now been gosh a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, when the whole the challenges that we're facing with the virus came about, and right. we had the lockdowns. And I remember, my gosh, I mean, I, I'm a big freedom guy. I don't like lockdowns. I don't. That's all another topic. But but what I love is um, because my routines changed. And I was in my house all the time instead of going mm-hmm. to the office. All of a sudden, I'm at home. I had 24-7 access to the kitchen. It's and there all I'm, the time. It was, it was like right there. You and know? you can't blame somebody who brings the donuts in in your oh, office. Right. It's just all on you now. Like, dang, I me. bought that. <laughs> so I discovered in the earliest days of this thing, of the lockdowns, is I gained I gained a bunch of weight. I gained 13 pounds. <laughs> I thought it was the COVID-13, actually. Yes, yes. And I gained this weight, and I finally was like, what am I doing? I mean, you got to get this together. And then I transformed the way I was eating again, changed my exercise. And I, by the way, I was training that whole time, but it was just the access to the food. So anyway, you're right. I think once you you take ownership of your life. I mean, you, we own this. No one's coming mm-hmm. to rescue mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. I own this life, so to speak. We're stewards of what God has given us. I'm mm-hmm. responsible for it. Then all of a sudden, and by the way, most things in life are within your control. I mean, absolutely. there's, there's some things that are outside of your control, sure. and the circum- sure. of course, but all the things that relate to this area, so much of it is within your control. And I don't want, I never want to be a victim. I always want to be on offense. I want to be making right. decisions for my benefit and for the benefit right. of others. So, yeah, it starts with that question What am I doing? I, yeah. right? Like that's, you know, you can do it in exasperation and <laughs> incredulity, yeah. but, but it, it does emphasize the I, just yes. take an account, right? Like, what am I doing? Okay, well, 100%. Let's, let's track it. Like, I don't know if you know the compound effect by Darren Hardy, but chapter three just focuses on tracking. And it's one of those, let's bring to consciousness what's going on. You know, it just, what are the things that we're doing? And he says, even just bringing it to your consciousness will make yes. a change. Yeah. Just, just the awareness part. So asking yourself, what, what am I doing? <laughs> let's find out. Let's start, let's start take, taking account of what's happening. And then the worst so, question is, why am I doing this? You know, like, yes, you know. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny too. I don't know if you know, uh, Clayton Christensen, you wrote, how will you measure your life? Uh, which mm. is just such an awesome book. Uh, he unfortunately recently just passed mm. and he, he had a study that he did through Harvard business school, uh, when he was a professor there and it, McDonald's hired him to find out why 30% of their milkshakes were, were purchased before lunchtime. Mm. Like what, like what, seriously, what's happening? <laughs> what, wow. what are people doing? And it's the way the the frame of mind he took to this, he says, in effect, they're hiring the milkshake to do a job. Mm. Like, what are they hiring that to do? And so I think that that gets to that. Well, why yes. am I doing this? Like, what am I, you know, hiring my phone to do as I when I pick it up yes. unconsciously? You know, what am I, you know, hiring this, you know, upcoming football season to do every Sunday afternoon as I yes. as I plant myself and like yep. it's just an awareness. It's not even a condemnation. It's just an awareness. Yep. Uh, for that. I think it's so important. I love that. That's a great yeah. picture too. Yeah. Oh, it's changed so much of what the way I look at. Uh, I just had a pod, uh, podcast interview with uh, Brad Barrett from Shoes FI. We talked about this idea of uh, integrity of spending um, mm-hmm. in your personal finances. And it's just, do does how you spend match up with your values? Like, do you spend yeah. money on the things that are important to you? And do you not spend money on the things that aren't important to you? A great you know, but, question. Yeah, you're just not you. Just, you people just don't ask them because they're not paying attention to it. So anyway, that was our first official rabbit trail of the of the episode. <laughs> I was like, how do we get on this topic? I don't know, but it all anyway, relates. It does. Oh. They're integrated. We just said that. Yes. All right. So anyway, detox your spending from milkshakes. All right. This is what yes. we're talking about here. This is no it. more milkshakes. No more McDonald's. <laughs> no, no more 10 a.m. milkshakes, guys. I mean, seriously, you actually have a problem. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so let's uh, let's shift and. And, but continue shift the the show, but but continue our conversation with talking about health. And um, we're going through five big questions as we're writing the book. Why aren't men thriving? And love your take on just kind of the state of the union. I'm going to say bold statement: most guys aren't thriving in their health. So uh, from your vantage point uh, in Colorado, uh, 
why aren't men thriving in their health? What's holding them back from really like being as healthy as they can be? I mean, you know, there's obviously a lot of factors and most of, you know, most people will have one or two or three different reasons why they're not. I think part of it is that, you know, when you start achieving success uh, in a particular area, you, you gravitate toward the areas of your life where you have success. Hmm. And sure. you oftentimes will continue to neglect the areas that you struggle in. And so my thing is, especially with health is you, it takes work, you know, Dang I mean, it's right. work. Do you have any other answers? Sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you have something you can just sell me? <laughs> okay. It's easy. And, and it'll right. happen. <laughs> yeah. I have 1997. Do, can you just sell me something, please? Yes. All right. Yes. I think part of it is that it, it it does take work. And and the the longer you, you know, the older you get, the more the more things you need to do right to maintain mm-hmm. your health, um, the less margin you have for mistakes, you know? So if exactly. I, for example, if I, if I'm sloppy with the things that I eat, it'll show up on my body tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm 54 years old and I can't do the things that I did when my metabolism was rolling at, at 20 years old or 25 or even 40, you know? Mm-hmm. So we have to make, uh, we have to adapt over time. And I think part of it too, this is going to, this is going to upset the apple cart, but a lot of times our personal health is related directly to the company we keep. Mm, so, mm-hmm. so as guys, this is going to upset the apple fritter cart. Yeah, this is this bad is, news. This is not this is good. Bad news because you, if if the closest friends that I have, where I'm spending most of my time, are unhealthy, mm. I'm very likely to become unhealthy. Yes. And so. Unfortunately, we're, you know, we're kind of birds of a feather, you know, and you become the average of your five closest friends. I've heard Craig Rochelle say that in a number sure. of ways. Yeah. Jim Rohn was, I think, kicked that one off, but it, I, I've not heard anybody. I've heard so many people say that. I haven't heard anybody debate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. a natural observation. Yeah. And so for me, it has been important to, I mean, part of it is I have this built-in accountability because I, I do coach people towards great health. Mm-hmm. And so I can't, I can't get to a place where I'm unhealthy, but for most people, it's not what they do. So they don't have that. Ability. No one's going to call them on it. If yeah. they're, if everyone in the circle. Yes. They're like, ah, you're not that bad. Yeah. I'm thinking about the, the guys yeah. in the old SNL skit with Chris Farley yeah. and all the bears fans. <laughs> they, they don't care. They're fine. Oh yeah. And for me, it becomes a, you know, once you get discouraged in an area of your life, it's easy for that compound effect to happen where you you lose some hope, you get yeah. discouraged, and and then it just kind of snowballs. So no one's going to call you out on your health, generally speaking. Uh, people just generally don't do that. Um, but so it's important to have an inner circle of friends that are helping you mm-hmm. to, to be your best in all areas of life. And, awesome. and once I painted the picture of the vision for for what I wanted to not only look like, but be able to experience from a physical health mm-hmm. perspective. And I let my inner circle know that now they have permission to say, Hey, is what you're doing right now are the decisions that you're making leading you towards that vision mm-hmm. or is it leading you in a different direction? That's great. And that built in accountability. It's not about got you or, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're not measuring up instead. I, we always stay vision focused. And you kind of have to know what you want first and what it looks like. And then Mm -hmm. once you know what it looks like, you can take the steps necessary to get there. I think most people don't have a vision for their health. Most men. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm thinking about two different things. One is we gravitate toward what we're good at and where we're getting positive feedback so we can ignore the other areas. Yes. And then we forget that they're integrated. I, th- I mean, just so, be, and it'll sneak up on you. I mean, it'll, it'll be, it'll, it'll turn that around. And that's, that's one of the things I, I am building uh, with Made to Thrive is helping guys create a virtuous cycle. We got the vicious cycle thing figured out. It's the, <laughs> the virtuous okay. cycle of how are we building strength upon strength? Because man, at that you can create momentum that side too. Yes. But so often we're just going to hang out in these two or three areas where we're getting validation or we're, oh, we're, sure. we're measuring, we're doing some successful stuff. And it's crazy how often health is neglected. 
And I'm just hundred percent speaking to myself. That's all. Yeah. And you know, truthfully, you know, like there's a whole bunch of things that you're obviously a fit person and probably in, in every dimension I would imagine, but man, yeah, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. you know, better than me, but <laughs> my wife calls me skinny fat. Oh, there is, there yeah. is. I'm owning that all the way. Oh yeah. But you know, I think too, that like you said earlier, there's always a reason why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people will use food uh, at, to, to accomplish something, to satisfy, yes. it, it does yes. feel good to eat a lot of food. Yeah. It, it feels good to medicate if you will. So if, mm-hmm. if I'm having uh, frustration or anxiety in another area of my life, it, it usually shows up in food. Oh yes. Food yeah. is a giant coping mechanism. So, um, I'm trying to, I always try and reframe how people view food. Mm-hmm. So that they see it as fuel rather yes. than, you know, than something to medicate, you know. You know, this book by any chance by Deepak Chopra, What Are You Hungry For? I haven't read it, but I've heard oh it. Oh, my gosh. Just chapter one and two. He's, he, it basically boils down to when you're reaching for that brownie, do you really need to call your sister? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that's kind of it. Like, it brings together those. Oh, it's yes. just, it's so good. So, all right. So, that there's a ton there. I love that idea of uh, I think really a lot of it stems from the not having the vision. And guess what? If you don't have the vision, you'll perish. I've heard that somewhere. Uh, So um, that's just so huge to not have that. And to then be able to say, you know, you're not asking your buddies to smack your, you know, 600 calorie coffee out of your hand. You're asking them to say, just as I'm going to hold up the mirror is what you're doing, getting you to where you want to go. And that's what I've loved about coaching. Yes. Is if the vision's in place, you don't have to motivate. You just have to ask them, do you still want that? Yeah. Cool. Let's go. Yes. It's a fun, it's it a fun place to be. Is that still important to you? Prove it yep. to me. You know, yep. prove it. You know. Yep. Yep. That's all. Yeah. It's a very know, simple coaching model. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why I'm not a counseller. That's correct. Counselors, counselors are worried about your feelings, all this garbage. That's <laughs> it, man. Have to worry about, you know empathy and compassion that's it, and, that's it. i don't know. i go by the feelings are just weakness leaving the body i borrow that from the, from the marines <laughs> exactly i mean i think it's important to have a vision i was just i just had another thought i really do think it comes back to identity mm-hmm. and if yes. you if you know what do i want my identity to be what do i want my health identity to be and for mm-hmm. me i want to be an elite athlete I see awesome. myself as an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to take the action necessary to be an elite athlete. Now, an elite and not athlete, I was right. I am. Who am I? Yeah. And, and then once you know your identity, then it's easier to to do the things necessary to live in that identity. But yeah. You have to see it before you can accomplish it. Yep. You know. But That's if you awesome. can see it, then you can create it. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, I, I I'm like, would an elite athlete eat like that? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, correct. Would it wouldn't an, an elite athlete, um, you know, miss today's workout just because they just don't feel like? It? Mm-hmm. No, they wouldn't. They mm-hmm. would exercise. And right. I'm guilty of violating of making decisions along the way. I'm not perfect in this. I miss workouts because I'm just tired or, or lazy. Um, I eat things that I shouldn't eat just because I feel like eating. I mean, you know, but the cl- the more I can remember the identity that I want to create or that I that I'm living in, the easier it is to make those decisions. Awesome. All right. Question number two, we've talked a little bit about it, but maybe you can dig in on an example you used or think of another one. When weren't you thriving in your health? Because one one reason why I always bring this question up, I don't mean just yesterday, but uh, (laughs) because I, I really think a lot of times, especially in the health, especially in the health area, we see the gurus. We see, they're like, I'll teach you this and this and this. And you're like, I, I don't know that you've ever had a day like I've had, you know, like, or so such distance between this. And that's why I love just humanizing the people that help us. And so, because then you're like, I, I know what it's like that. That's why I can teach you to get to where you need to be. Cause I've been there too. Yes. Well, I'll give you two easy examples that I think will illustrate it. And that every guy is going to be able to relate to in some way or, or another. I, when I had kids that were young, you know, the pace of life was different, right? So we had four kids. They were all, you know, kind of in that eight to 14 range. And we were on, we were, we were super busy. I was operating health clubs. Um, I was busy. I was working long hours. That industry tends to not 
lead to great health a lot of times, believe it or not. So crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> health club owners yeah. and nurses. It's, oh, I mean, gosh. it's crazy. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's all give and no fill up. Yes. And then, so then I would get home and we'd be running from field to field and we'd be mm-hmm. eating uh, a lot of junk because usually the fastest food is the unhealthiest food. Yeah. So we were in that. And one day I remember coming back from the health club and, and um, I've told this story a lot of times and written about it. Uh, I came back from my job and I got, I parked and I looked in the passenger seat and on the floor and there, there must've been four, at least <laughs> four McDonald's bags that I had eaten at various times during that week. Yeah. I'm like, oh my <laughs> Who God. Who stole my car? <laughs> I, then I, then the real conviction yeah, who stole my car? I open the, the door to the van and I see the same horribleness in the van. And I, so I know the kids have been there. Anyway, uh, I, yes. I was the sins of the father are passed yeah. on to generation to generation. And, yeah, it's a great reminder. And God was like, You don't, you lack integrity. And I'm like, Oh, oh. oh man. And I'm like, Ah, okay. I went inside, I took all these bags. I threw them out and I brought the, I, we had a family meeting and I just said, all right, that's it. We are not, we're never eating fast food again. And there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. It was a- From perfect, your wife. <laughs> oh, it was violent, you know? And, uh, but that was a turning point. And, that, and, awesome. and honestly, during that time, I was probably 15 pounds overweight. Wow. Because we're just eating junk and running hard. And I could make all the excuses. I could make all the excuses that everybody else yeah. would make. And that was a turning point. I started to get healthy again. And everybody in the health club who, who I led was, saw the dramatic transformation, like, man, that's okay. You're back, you know? Yeah. So that was one big way. So great. And that's, I love that because it beats the heck out of a heart attack. I mean, like there, uh, there's something about for guys in particular, I'm I'm trying to come up with a program where we manufacture a wake up call because the right it's before your wife leaves, before you have a heart attack, before, I mean, it's just, Oh, the, the, yes. because the, the, the post wake up call stories are awesome, Oh, but, but some of us don't get a shot at that. And that's yeah. anyway, we, we can work on that later. Anyway. Okay. So question three, what does it look like? And you talked about this before about one of the reasons why guys don't thrive in the area of their health is they don't really have good examples. And so I'd love it if you could just paint a picture of what it looks like to thrive in this core area of health. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's, it really is a matter of day of habits and daily routines, you know, and I've, I've been blessed to have some pretty, what I would consider kind of hard charging friends who value their health. And, and, you know, my wife and I, um, because of, she did have one of those, um, moments, a wake up Mm. call search where she was Mm -hmm. diagnosed with cancer Mm. at a really young age, 37, in a strong genetic tie in her family. Um, and we thought we were relatively healthy at that point, but what we discovered was there's, there's degrees of health and, uh, we transformed a whole bunch of things, the way we ate, the way we handled stress, the exercise that we did, we transformed a lot of things at that point. And so part of that became a lifestyle. Now we, mm-hmm. we are going to be a healthy family and this is how we do it. And That's there great. is this bad, I don't want to say a badge of honor. I like standing apart from others. I don't like to do what everybody else does. I love that biblical principle. Yeah. Not that I'm better than, but I do want to live a life that's really vibrant, worthy of the call, you know? So we kind of said, Hey, this is, you know, we're, we, we say we're pages. Hey, we're, we are pages and we do things differently than a lot of others do, but we do it in a, in an effort to honor God and live our best. So there was that piece. And I had friends that were moving in the same direction. Hmm. So I think that is a big reason why you it's easier to stay on track. And so it's a picture of health is, is a culture or lifestyle of yep. health. It's yep. not necessarily checking a box. It's just, it's no. interwoven to what you do. That's awesome. I love it. Um, what are some, well, so then question four is what are some things that we can do to get there? Some tools, resources, strategies that you've used, maybe you've, maybe you've produced, uh, published, you know, that we can do to be thinking about this. I'll say one, one right off the bat, you know, choose health as your one word for 2022 oh. would be, I mean, it just, it would be an awesome lens, but I'll, yeah. I'll let you dive, deep dive on that. Yeah, I think focus is important, right? Focus drives impact. So mm-hmm. I think there, there is real value in driving towards that. So whether your word is fit or healthy or whatever that thing is, it helps to reorient all of your thinking in different areas of your life and, and propel you in that direction. I think that's big. 
Then I think it's simple things, right? Mm. It's, it's the, everything is a habit, right? So I want to make um, good behaviors that lead to good health. I want to make them easy. Um, there's a book called the power of habits, atomic habits, atomic habits, another. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Both of those. You want to make it easy. You want to make it attractive and you mm. want to make it satisfying. Mm. So I realized, and by the way, if you're not exercising now, if, if someone's hearing this and they're like, man, I haven't exercised in three years, I'm in a horrible place. Um, nothing is going to feel easy. Nothing is going to feel satisfying. Mm -hmm. It's going to, it's going to be painful at the beginning, but once you start to get some momentum, it's amazing how that momentum snowballs. So it's all about habits. You know, for me, one of the big tips was this. I knew I had to exercise every day. I create mantras in my head. I create statements in my head. And for one of my mantras is I train every day. Hmm. I, I train every day. Great. So says, and I hey, love this. I don't exercise. I train. Train. Right. Training Think about that. Purpose. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. Exercise is like Ugh. I'm going, I, I'm, you know, I haze myself every day. Like I flog yes. myself. Yeah. Right? Like, but the training, I, I love that. Thinking about that. I've got the race to run. Yeah. And maybe even giving yourself a race to run <laughs> so that you will train is not a bad idea either. 100%. So I, I developed the, the, you know, kind of the internal dialogue. And so I train every day. If somebody asks me, Hey, do you work out today? I'm like, of course I train every day. Well, they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, shouldn't you take a day off? Well, you can. And if I miss one day a week, who cares? I typically do. Yeah. But, but, Listen, but I don't change my mantra. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I think there's that. I think um, putting an event on the calendar from just from the purely physical side and mm -hmm. motivational side, putting an event like a 5k on the that's calendar. Great. Or a, a Spartan race, you know, I, I love Spartan mm -hmm. races or mm -hmm. putting something on the calendar that, you know, is coming that creates a mm -hmm. deadline and creates a, a little bit of fear. Like, oh, my gosh, I got to get my act together in order to be ready for that. A lot of little pain or one gigantic pain. I yes. Yes. I don't want to suffer. So I'm going to try. Yes. Yes. I think that's really big. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, the other thing is this. If you feel compelled to do something with respect to training physically. Studies will tell you that if you don't act upon that inspiration within 72 hours, you will wow. not. It's done. Huh. So if I'm compelled to train and I don't take massive action, I don't do anything about it, then I'm probably not going to do something about it. So you want to act on that impulse. Yeah. You can only fool me once so many times. It's, yeah. it's time for you to start figuring out what works yes. for you and start saying, well, if this is my... Yes. tendency, my nature, I got to step in front of that. That's great. I love that. Uh, because that's, that's a, I, I love the idea of a Herculean goal with a really quick, tiny, achievable first step. Yes. So that I create momentum and context like, Oh, I want to climb Everest. Yes. Well, I better go and figure out where in the world a rock climbing wall is near me. Yes. <laughs> like, that's a very small step. And then I'm, then I'm, then I've got that that forward momentum. Uh, yeah. I love that. I hadn't heard, heard that study, but that's right on. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I, it always starts with massive action. You know, I, it's funny as I, as I coach people, you know, the, the thing that's invoked today is smart goals, you know, oh, set a smart mm -hmm. goal. What is mm -hmm. that? Oh, specific, mm -hmm. measurable, actionable. Yeah. Um, but here's the problem. And I love smart goals, but mm -hmm. I don't set smart goals until I have some outrageous goal. Interesting. You know, okay. smart goals are just steps on the way to something really nice. important nice. and really That's challenging. Cool. Because I don't get out of bed for, oh, exercise three times this week. whoop de doo I don't care yep. about that. Yep. No. I need something big that I know is going to challenge me, that I know is going to be hard. Uh, and then I set the game plan, those smart steps along the way to get there. That's good. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got some strategies, got, some, got a picture of maybe what we're going to. Question number five is what encouragement do you have for people that it's worth it because I, that's where I, I kind of, I would say that I cycle back to the first question of why they aren't. And a lot of times it's just a, a lack of realizing man, this, like this will pay off. If we oh do yeah. That. Well, you know, if you, if you don't invest in your wellness now, you're going to have to pay for your illness later. I mean, that you will. Um, but the other yeah. thing is you don't know how bad you actually feel right now. 
until you start to feel better. Oh, uh, yes, that is 100% true. I had a guy, uh, Kevin Davis, um, He's uh, he helps a lot of people with their diet side. Yeah. And he said, we'd like to help people uh, who blood work's fine, but they just don't feel right. And I asked him, like, what if you, like, what if that's just kind of settled in as normal? And, like, for 10 years, like, you're, you just, you don't know. Like, you don't know how other people feel. Like, maybe this is just it. And he says, look around at somebody who's doing something at your age that you're not able to do. Yes. That's your guy. That's your picture of it. Yes. Uh, but I love what you're saying. Like it's yes. giving yourself the gift of, it's almost like coming out of a sickness. You know how good normal feels? Oh yeah. Well, this is great. Yes. You need <laughs> to felt the contrast <laughs> so long. Yes. Yeah. You need the contrast. And I've never heard, you know, when someone starts an exercise program and starts getting their food together, their energy immediately yes. goes up. Yes. The roof. They're sleeping better. They have, they're more positive and optimistic. It affects your moods and your emotions. Um, it has a positive ripple effect throughout the whole thing. And everyone will tell you, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Yes. They all tell you that. Well, let's let that be the new set point that I want to feel Good. like that all the time. Yeah. yeah. And when I start to feel crummy, I want to get right back on track, you know? Good. I love it. All right. Bonus question. Anybody else, you know, in this space who you really, who you like their work, you like what they're, what they're putting out there to, into the universe. So that I, I always find it's yeah. just the one person that finally, you know, somebody resonates with they're like, Hey, okay, this is my guy. This is, this is yeah. why I love having interviews, you know, people on, you know, other, some other people who are, who are who you like in this health space, uh, yeah. maybe other people can go check out. Well, this might be feel a little unorthodox, but I think, especially for men, I think it really resonates with the heart of man. I think uh, is Joe DeSena. Okay, so mm, I don't know. Joe DeSena is the founder of Spartan, the Spartan. Oh yeah, and this dude is true all the way through. Mm. Uh, he carries a forty-pound kettlebell with him everywhere. Um, why? Well, for a lot of different reasons, right? but to create a, this anti-fragile mindset where mm. no, I can overcome anything mm. to work his, his body, even when he should be at rest. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do this, right? But his goal originally was to get a million people off the couch and back into good health. Well, now it's like a hundred million, you know, he wants to change the whole world because it's been wildly successful. Awesome. But the Spartan training program, it's not for everybody, but um, it doesn't, it's, body weight exercises, it's kettlebells, it's very simple stuff, and then all the way to the advanced stuff. But I love Joe DeSena. He's written a awesome. couple of great books. Cool. It will really encourage people to get healthy and, and make something of this area of their life. It's awesome. What I like about Spartan is it's hard enough to be interesting, yeah. right? Like that's the part for so many guys who were athletes or they were athletic and you're like, I could go run. You could go yeah. to like it, but this is like full body, full mind. Yeah. Like it's yes. a butt kicking and uh, yeah, I, I I think that that's one of the things that's most alluring about it. And I think for a lot of guys, I would just, if that's something that is alluring for you, I would just plug into like, well, what other areas do I actually want to be challenged in? Right. Like, like to answer a, a call to do something that's really hard. Cause a lot of times when we just focus in our areas where we're getting success, it's not because yeah. it's super hard. It's just, we're good at it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that we, we can challenge it, answer the challenge big time. Yeah. And you got to get out of your comfort zone. You know, you're never yeah. going to uh, expand your capacity or live to your fullest until you get really outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I love Spartan. I'm, I mean, I'm, I wish I got royalties, you know, but it's, a, I love <laughs> it because till then, we, yeah, until then we'll keep promoting it, you know, <laughs> Maybe retroactively, if you documented them all, exactly. that's awesome. Yeah, I have this picture. I and I um, there's a book Brian Houston wrote a long time ago called "For This I Was Born." And mm -hmm. I there's just one picture I got from that, and that's why I love reading. It's just just get one thing from each book, and you're in great shape. But it, I, the picture I got from it is we do something that's like for us like 100 percent to 110 percent. Like we expand our capacity. Yep. We pull back, and God sees us go from 10 percent to 11 percent. Mm. And like he knows, like we're capable of so much more than we're doing. And I'm wondering for, I mean, for a lot of guys, it could be that your health is the thing that unlocks so many different things that that's a goal where you become as a result of this yeah. whole thing. And, and it, yeah, it's really inspiring. No question. And it will, it will, it is one of the keys. I mean, all the dimensions work together, but 
the fitness piece, because it pushes you outside of your comfort zone and you feel better, you feel your mind gets clearer, yeah. Yeah. Your, your energy changes. Now I've got the energy for my spiritual life to get up and actually spend time with God, for example. Good. So you got to get outside of your comfort zone, push yourself beyond what you think you're capable of doing in order to really become your best. But it really does impact all the other areas. It's awesome. Jimmy, this has been really, really cool. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for the, the way that you're living. Um, I'm most excited about the example that you set for your kids and uh, you know just those around you. And um, I welcome people to uh, check out the one word and, and the other work that you're doing. We'll link to all that stuff in the show notes. Sounds great, man. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. Thanks so much to Jimmy Page for joining us on Made to Thrive. Just a ton of fun talking to him. And uh, it was really just great reminders, you know, being able to go through on some stuff you already know. And then sometimes some stuff maybe you haven't learned before. And uh, I, I love this connection between the one word, the mission and how actually our health helps us live out our mission. Just really, really powerful. If you want to uh, check out all the resources we talk about on today's uh, show, and there were a lot, <laughs> uh, go to madethethrive.coach slash zero six zero. Again, made to thrive.coach slash zero six zero for episode 60. And uh, you can check out all links to all those things and also how to get in touch with Jimmy. And uh, just really uh, encourage you to be able to to, uh, to dig into this idea of this one word, this, this idea of, of vision uh, or of mission. And if you need help with that, I definitely recommend the one word, uh, but also uh, that's something that uh, I love helping people with. Uh, so if you want to reach out to me, uh, Sam at made to thrive coach, uh, I can uh, get you some courses and resources, even coaching to be able to help you do that. Cause I think that's so important. I think that verse we referenced in the episode uh, that uh, people uh, without vision, that people perish. Uh, and that's just true, you know, and, and you, without it, you know, uh, kind of thinking back to another quote, you know, we'll get to the end of our lives and uh, everyone's going to die, but how many of us are really going to live? And there's just something there. There's an extra level there that we have access to. We just don't realize it. I just encourage you to, whether you go back and listen to this again, uh, whether you reach out to me, uh, just be able to, to take some time and take some thought and, and uh, try to try to figure out how to get more uh, more juice, more living out of this life because uh, it's it's worth it. So uh, we look forward to connecting with you next week. Next week uh, is uh, Valentine's Day. We should have a Valentine's Day special <laughs> with one of our guests. It was a really awesome app uh, for uh, helping your marriage. Uh, yeah, particularly uh, the the more intimate side of that. Uh, so it's going to be really cool. So make sure you're hitting subscribe wherever you're listening. Uh, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to Made to Thrive. Check out madetothrive.coach for resources and coaching to help you thrive in every area of your life. And get your free assessment at amithriving.com. Talk to you soon.